Act One of the Spanish Tragedy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Spanish Tragedy by Thomas Kidd. Act One, Scene One, Induction. Enter the ghost of Andrea, and with him revenge. When this eternal substance of my soul did live imprisoned in my wanton flesh, each in their function serving others' need, I was a courtier in the Spanish court. My name was Don Andrea. My descent, though not ignoble, yet inferior far to gracious fortunes of my tender youth for there in prime and pride of all my years by duteous service and deserving love in secret i possessed a worthy dame which hight sweet belimperia by name but in the harvest of my summer joys death's winter nipped the blossoms of my bliss forcing divorce betwixt my love and me for in the late conflict with portingal my valour drew me into danger's mouth till life to death made passage through my wounds when i was slain my soul descended straight to pass the flowing stream of acheron but churlish charon only boatman there said that my rites of burial not performed i might not sit amongst his passengers ere sol had slept three nights in thetis lap and sleeked his smoking chariot in her flood by don horatio our knight-marshal's son my funerals and obsequies were done then was the ferryman of hell content to pass me over to the slimy strand that leads to fell avernus ugly waves there pleasing cerberus with honeyed speech i passed the perils of the foremost porch not far from hence amidst ten thousand souls sat minos iacus and radamanth to whom no sooner gan i make approach to crave a passport for my wandering ghost but minos in graven leaves of lottery drew forth the manner of my life and death this night quoth he both lived and died in love and for his love tried fortune of the wars and by war's fortune lost both love and life why then said iacus convey him hence to walk with lovers in our fields of love and spend the course of everlasting time under green myrtle trees and cypress shades no no said radamanth it were not well with loving souls to place a martialist he died in war and must to martial fields where wounded hector lives in lasting pain and achilles myrmidons do scour the plain then minos mildest censor of the three made this device to end the difference 
send him quoth he to our infernal king to doom him as best seems his majesty to this effect my passport straight was drawn in keeping on my way to pluto's court through dreadful shades of ever glooming night i saw more sights than thousand tongues can tell or pens can write or mortal hearts can think three ways there were that on the right-hand side was ready way under the foresaid fields where lovers live and bloody martialists but either sort contained within his bounds the left-hand path declining fearfully was ready downfall to the deepest hell where bloody furies shake their whips of steel and poor ixion turns an endless wheel where usurers are choked with melting gold and wantons are embraced with ugly snakes and murderers groan with never killing wounds and perjured whites scalded in boiling lead and all foul sins with torments overwhelmed twixt these two ways i trod the middle path which brought me to the fair elysian green in midst whereof there stands a stately tower the walls of brass the gates of adamant here finding pluto with his proserpine i showed my passport humbled on my knee whereat fair proserpine began to smile and begged that only she might give my doom pluto was pleased and sealed it with a kiss forthwith revenge she rounded thee in the ear and bade thee lead me through the gates of horn where dreams have passage in the silent night no sooner had she spoke but we were here i wot not how in twinkling of an eye then know andrea that thou art arrived where thou shalt see the author of thy death don balthazar the prince of portingal deprived of life by bellimperia here sit we down to see the mystery and serve for chorus in this tragedy scene two the court of spain enter spanish king general castile and Hieronimo. now say lord general how fares our camp all well my sovereign liege except some few that are deceased by fortune of the war but what portends thy cheerful countenance and posting to our presence thus in haste speak man hath fortune given us victory victory my liege and that with little loss our portingals will pay us tribute then tribute and wanted homage therewithal then blessed be heaven and guider of the heavens from whose fair influence such justice flows o multum delecte deo tibi militat eta et conjurate curvato poplite gente succumbunt rectis oro es victoria iuris thanks to my loving brother of castile 
but general unfold in brief discourse your former battle and your war's success that adding all the pleasure of thy news unto the height of former happiness with deeper wage and greater dignity we may reward thy blissful chivalry where spain and portingal do jointly knit their frontiers leaning on each other's bound there met our armies in their proud array both furnished well both full of hope and fear both menacing alike with daring shows both vaunting sundry colours of device both cheerly sounding trumpets drums and fifes both raising dreadful clamours to the sky that valleys hills and rivers made rebound and heaven itself was frighted with the sound our battles both were pitched in squadron form each corner strongly fenced with wings of shot but ere we joined and came to push of pike i brought a squadron of our readiest shot from out our rearward to begin the fight they brought another wing to encounter us meanwhile our ordinance played on either side and captains strove to have their valours tried don pedro their chief horseman's colonel did with his cornet bravely make attempt to break the order of our battle wrecks but don rogiero worthy man of war marched forth against him with our musketeers and stopped the malice of his fell approach while they maintain hot skirmish to and fro both battles join and fall to handy blows their violent shot resembling the ocean's rage when roaring loud and with a swelling tide it beats upon the rampiers of huge rocks and gapes to swallow neighbor bounding lands now while bellona rageth here and there thick storms of bullets ran like winter's hail and shivered lances dark the troubled air peripeses cuspida cuspis arma sonant armis via periterca viro on every side drop captains to the ground and soldiers some ill-maimed some slain outright here falls a body sundered from his head their legs and arms lie bleeding on the grass mingled with weapons and unboweled steeds that scattering overspread the purple plain in all this turmoil three long hours and more the victory to neither part inclined till don andrea with his brave lanciers in their main battle made so great a breach that half dismayed the multitude retired but balthazar the portingal's young prince brought rescue and encouraged them to stay here hence the fight was eagerly renewed and in that conflict was andrea slain brave man at arms but weak to balthazar yet while the prince insulting over him breathed out proud vaunts sounding to our reproach friendship and hardy valour joined in one pricked forth horatio our knight marshal's son to challenge forth that prince in single fight not long between these twain the fight endured but straight the prince was beaten from his horse and forced to yield him prisoner to his foe when he was taken all the rest they fled and our carbines pursued them to the death till phoebus waving to the western deep 
our trumpeters were charged to sound retreat thanks good lord general for these good news and for some argument of more to come take this and wear it for thy sovereign's sake gives him his chain but tell me now hast thou confirmed a peace no peace my liege but peace conditional that if homage tribute be well paid the fury of your forces will be stayed and to this peace their viceroy hath subscribed gives the king a paper and made a solemn vow that during life his tribute shall be truly paid to spain these words these deeds become thy person well but now knight marshal frolic with thy king for tis thy son that wins this battle's prize long may he live to serve my sovereign liege and soon decay unless he serve my liege nor thou nor he shall die without reward a tucket afar off what means the warning of this trumpet's sound this tells me that your grace's men of war such as war's fortune hath rescued from death come marching on towards your royal seat to show themselves before your majesty for so i gave in charge at my depart whereby by demonstration shall appear that all except three hundred or few more are safe returned and by their foes enriched the army enters balthazar between lorenzo and horatio captive a gladsome sight i long to see them here they enter and pass by was that the warlike prince of portingal that by our nephew was in triumph led it was my liege the prince of portingal but what was he that on the other side held him by the arm as partner of the prize that was my son my gracious sovereign of whom though from his tender infancy my loving thoughts did never hope but well he never pleased his father's eyes till now nor filled my heart with overflowing joys go let them march once more about these walls that staying them we may confer and talk with our brave prisoner and his double guard hieronimo it greatly pleases us that in our victory thou have a share by virtue of thy worthy son's exploit enter again bring hither the young prince of portingal the rest march on but ere they be dismissed we will bestow on every soldier two ducats and on every leader ten that they may know our largesse welcomes them exeunt all but balthazar lorenzo and horatio welcome don balthazar welcome nephew and thou horatio thou art welcome too young prince although thy father's hard misdeeds deserve but evil measure at our hands yet shalt thou know that spain is honourable the trespass that my father made in peace is now controlled by fortune of the wars and cards once dealt it boots not ask why so his men are slain a weakening to his realm his colours seized a blot unto his name his son distressed a corsive to his heart these punishments may clear his late offence ay balthazar if you observe this truce our peace will grow the stronger for these wars meanwhile live thou though not in liberty yet free from bearing any servile joke for in our hearing thy deserts were great and in our sight thyself art gracious and i shall study to deserve this grace but tell me for their holding makes me doubt to which of these twain art thou prisoner 
To me, my liege. To me, my sovereign. This hand first took his courser by the reins. But first my lance did put him from his horse. I seized his weapon and enjoyed it first. But first I forced him to lay his weapons down. Let go his arm upon our privilege. They let him go. Say, worthy prince, to whether didst thou yield? To him in courtesy, to this perforce. He spake me fair, this other gave me strokes. He promised life, this other threatened death. He won my love, this other conquered me. And, truth to say, I yield myself to both. But that I know your grace is just and wise, and might seem partial in this difference, enforced by nature and by law of arms. My tongue should plead for young Horatio's right. He hunted well that was a lion's death, not he that in a garment wore his skin, so hares may pull dead lions by the beard. Content thee, Marshal, thou shalt have no wrong, and for thy sake thy son shall want no right. Will both abide the censure of my doom? I crave no better than your grace awards. Nor I, although I sit beside my right. Then, by my judgment, thus your strife shall end. You both deserve, and both shall have reward. Nephew, thou tookst his weapon and his horse. His weapons and his horse are thy reward. Horatio, thou didst force him first to yield. His ransom, therefore, is thy valour's fee. Appoint the sum, as you shall both agree. But, nephew, thou shalt have the prince in guard, for thine estate best fitteth such a guest. Horatius' house were small for all his train. Yet in regard thy substance passeth his, and that just guerdon may befall desert. To him we yield the armour of the prince. How likes Don Baltasar of this device? Right well, my liege, if this proviso were that Don Horatio bear us company, whom I admire and love for chivalry. Horatio, leave him not that loves thee so. Now let us hence to see our soldiers paid, and feast our prisoner as our friendly guest. Exeunt. Scene three. The Court of Portugal. Enter Viceroy, Alexandro, Filippo. Is our ambassador dispatched for Spain? Two days, my liege, have passed since his depart. And tribute payment gone along with him? Ay, my good lord. Then rest we here a while in our unrest, and feed our sorrows with some inward sighs, for deepest cares break never into tears, and wherefore sit I in a regal throne? This better fits a wretch's endless moan. Falls to the ground. Yet this is higher than my fortunes reach, and therefore better than my state deserves. Ay, ay, this earth, image of melancholy, seeks him whom fate adjudged to misery. Here let me lie, now am I at my lowest. Quiescat in terra, non abe un cadet. In me consumsit vires fortuna nocendo. Nil superesso jam posit obis magis. Fortune may bereave me of my crown. Here, take it now, let fortune do her worst. She will not rob me of this sable weed. Oh, no, she envies none but pleasant things. Such is the folly of despiteful chance. 
Fortune is blind and sees not my deserts. So is she deaf and hears not my laments. And could she hear, yet is she willful mad, and therefore will not pity my distress. Suppose she could pity me, what then? What help can be expected at her hands, whose foot is standing on a rolling stone, and mine more mutable than fickle winds? Why wail I then? Where's hope of no redress? Oh, yes, complaining makes my grief seem less. My late ambition hath disdained my faith. My breach of faith occasioned bloody wars. Those bloody wars have spent my treasure, and with my treasure my people's blood, and with their blood my joy and best beloved, my best beloved, my sweet and only son. Oh, wherefore went I not to war myself? The cause was mine. I might have died for both. My years were mellow, his but young and green. My death were natural, but his was forced. No doubt, my liege, but still the prince survives. Survives, I? Where? In Spain, a prisoner by mischance of war. Then they have slain him for his father's fault. That were a breach to common law of arms. They wreck no laws that meditate revenge. His ransom's worth will stay from foul revenge. No, if he lived, the news would soon be here. Nay, evil news fly faster still than good. Tell me no more of news, for he is dead. My sovereign, pardon the author of ill news, and I'll bewray the fortune of thy son. Speak on, I'll guerdon thee whate'er it be. Mine ear is ready to receive ill news. My heart grown hard against mischief's battery. Stand up, I say, and tell thy tale at large. Then hear that truth which these mine eyes have seen. When both the army were in battle joined, Don Balthazar, amidst the thickest troops, to win renown, did wondrous feats of arms. Amongst the rest I saw him, hand to hand, in single fight with their lord general, till Alexandro, that here counterfeits under the color of a duteous friend, discharged his pistol at the prince's back as though he would have slain their general. But therewithal Don Balthazar fell down, and when he fell, then we began to fly. But had he lived, the day had sure been ours. Oh, wicked forgery! O oh, traitorous miscreant! Hold thou thy peace, but no, Villipo, say, where then became the carcass of my son? I saw them drag it to the Spanish tents. Ay, ay, my nightly dreams have told me this, thou false, unkind, unthankful, traitorous beast. Where had a Balthazar offended thee, that thou shouldst thus betray him to his foes? Was Spain gold that bleared so thine eyes, that thou couldst see no part of our deserts? Perchance, because thou art Turkra's lord, thou hast some hope to wear this diadem. If first my son and then myself were slain, but thy ambitious thought shall break thy neck, aye, this was it that made thee spill his blood. Takes the crown and puts it on again. But now I'll wear it till thy blood be spilt. Thou chief, dread sovereign, to hear me speak. Away with him. His sight is second hell. Keep him till we determine of his death. If Balthazar be dead, he shall not live. Villipo, follow us for thy reward. Exit Viceroy. Thus have I, with an envious forged tale, deceived the king, betrayed mine enemy, and hoped for Garadon of my villainy. Exit. Scene 4. Enter Horatio and Belimperia. 
Signor Horatio, this is the place and hour wherein I must entreat thee to relate the circumstance of Don Andrea's death, who living was my garland's sweetest flower, and in his death hath buried my delights. For love of him and service to yourself, I nil refuse this heavy, doleful charge. Yet tears and sighs, I fear, will hinder me. When both our armies were enjoined in fight, your worthy chevalier, amidst the thickest, for glorious cause still aiming at the fairest, was at last by young Don Balthazar, and counted hand to hand. The fight was long, their hearts were great, their clamours menacing, their strength alike, their strokes both dangerous. But wrath nemesis, that wicked power, envying at Andrea's praise and worth, cut short his life to end his praise and worth. She, she herself, disguised in armor's mask, as Pallas was before proud Pergamus, brought in a fresh supply of halberdiers, which paunched his horse and dinged him to the ground. Then young Don Balthazar, with ruthless rage, taking advantage of his foe's distress, did finish what his halberdiers begun, and left not till Andrea's life was done. Then, though too late, incensed with just remorse, I with my band set forth against the prince, and brought him prisoner from his halberdiers. Would thou hast slain him that so slew my love? But then, was John Andrea's carcass lost? No, that was it for which I chiefly strove, nor stepped I back till I recovered him. I took him up and wound him in my arms, and, wheeling him unto my private tent, there laid him down, and dewed him with my tears, and sighed, and sorrowed, as became a friend. But neither friendly sorrow, sighs nor tears, could wean pale death from his usurped right. Yet this I did, unless I could not do. I saw him honoured with due funeral. This scarf I plucked from off his lifeless arm, and wear it in remembrance of my friend. I know the scarf. Would he had kept it still? For had he lived, he would have kept it still, and worn it for his bell imperious sake, for twas my favour at his last depart. But now wear thou it both for him and me, for after him thou hast deserved it best. But for thy kindness in his life and death, be sure, while bell imperious life endures, she will be Don Horatio's thankful friend. And, madam, Don Horatio will not slack, humbly to serve fair Bell Imperia. But now, if your good liking stand there too, I'll crave your pardon to go seek the prince, for so the duke, your father, gave me charge. I go, Horatio. Leave me here alone, for solitude best fits my cheerless mood. Exit Horatio. Yet what avails to wail Andrea's death? From whence Horatio proves my second love. Had he not loved Andrea as he did, he could not sit in Bell Imperia's thoughts. But how can love find harbour in my breast till I avenge the death of my beloved? Yes, second love shall further my revenge. I'll love Horatio, my Andrea's friend, the more to spite the prince that wrought his end. And where Don Balthazar? 
that slew my love. Himself now pleads for favour at my hands. He shall, in rigour of my just disdain, reap long repentance for his murderous deed. For what was it else but murderous cowardice, so many to oppress one valiant knight, without respect of honour in the fight? And here he comes, that murdered my delight. Enter Lorenzo and Balthazar. Sister, what means this melancholy walk? That for a while I wish no company. But here the prince has come to visit you. That argues that he lives in liberty. No, madam, but in pleasing servitude. Your prison, then, belike, is your conceit. Ay, by conceit my freedom is enthralled. Then with conceit enlarge yourself again. What, if conceit have laid my heart to gauge? Pay that you borrowed, and recover it. I die if it return from whence it lies. A heartless man, and live a miracle. Ay, lady, love can work such miracles. Tush, tush, my lord, let go these ambages, and in plain terms acquaint her with your love. What boots complaint when there's no remedy? Yes, to your gracious self must I complain, in whose fair answer lies my remedy on whose perfection all my thoughts attend, on whose aspect mine eyes find beauty's bower, in whose translucent breast my heart is lodged. Alas, my lord, these are but words of course, and but device to drive me from this place. She, in going in, lets fall her glove, which Horatio, coming out, takes up. Madam, your glove. Thanks, good Horatio. Take it for thy pains. Signor Horatio, stooped in happy time. I reap more grace than I deserved or hoped. My lord, be not dismayed for what is past. You know that women oft are humorous. These clouds will overblow with little wind. Let me alone. I'll scatter them myself. Meanwhile, let us devise to spend the time in some delightful sports and revelling. The king, my lords, is coining hither straight to feast the Portingal ambassador. Things were in readiness before I came. Then here it fits us to attend the king, to welcome hither our ambassador, and learn my father and my country's health. Scene five. Enter the banquet, trumpets, the king, and ambassador. See, Lord Ambassador, how Spain entreats their prisoner Balthasar, thy viceroy's son. We pleasure more in kindness than in wars. Sad is our king, and Portingal laments, supposing that Don Balthazar is slain. So am I, slain by beauty's tyranny. You see, my lord, how Balthazar is slain. I frolic with the Duke of Castile's son, wrapped every hour in pleasures of the court, and graced with favours of his majesty. Put off your greetings till our feast be done. Now come and sit with us and taste our cheer sit to the banquet sit down young prince you are our second guest brother sit down and nephew take your place signor horatio wait thou upon our cup for well them has deserved to be honoured now lordings fall to spain is portugal and portugal is spain we both are friends tribute is paid and we enjoy our right but where is old Hieronimo, our marshal? He promised us, in honour of our guest, to grace our banquet with some pompous jest. 
Enter Hieronimo with a drum, three knights, each his scutcheon, then he fetches three kings, they take their crowns and them captive. Hieronimo, this mask contents mine eye, although I sound not well the mystery. The first armed knight that hung his scutcheon up. He takes the scutcheon and gives it to the king. Was English Robert, Earl of Gloucester, who, when King Stephen bore sway in Albion, arrived with five and twenty thousand men in Portingal, and by successive war enforced the king, then but a Saracen, to bear the yoke of the English monarchy. My lord of Portingal, by this you see that which may comfort both your king and you, and make your late discomfort seem the less. But say, Hieronimo, what was the next? The second knight that hung his scutcheon up. He doth as he did before. Was Edmund, Earl of Kent and Albion, when English Richard wore the diadem. He came likewise and raised Lisbon walls, and took the king of Portingal in fight for which and other such-like service done, he after was created Duke of York. This is another special argument, that Portugal may deign to bear your joke, when it by little England hath been joked. But now, Hieronimo, what were the last? The third and last, not least in our account, doing as before, was as the rest of valiant Englishmen, brave John of Gaunt, the Duke of Lancaster as by his scutcheon plainly may appear. He, with a puissant army, came to Spain, and took our king of Castile prisoner. This is an argument for our viceroy, that Spain may not insult for her success, since English warriors likewise conquered Spain, and made them bow their knees to Albion. Hieronimo, I drink to thee for this device, which hath pleased both the ambassador and me. Pledge me, Hieronimo, if thou love thy king. Takes the cup of Horatio. My lord, I fear we sit but overlong, unless our dainties were more delicate. But welcome are you to the best we have. Now let us in, that you may be dispatched. I think our counsel is already set. Exeunt Omnis Scene six, Ghost of Andrea, Revenge Oh, come we for this from depth of underground, to see him feast that gave me my death's wound these pleasant sights are sorrow to my soul nothing but league and love and banqueting oh come we for this from depth of underground to see him feast that gave me my death's wound these pleasant sights are sorrow to my soul nothing but league and love and banqueting be still andrea ere we go from hence i'll turn their friendship into fell despite their love to mortal hate their day to night their hope into despair their peace to war their joys to pain their bliss to misery End of Act 1